This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another episode of the Swamp 247 Podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined by my co-host once again, Jacob Rudner. And we are back for the second time this week to talk Florida's upcoming matchup. It's going to be the last one for a little bit of time as the Gators have a bye week after this. We'll go 11 days in between competitions after this game. So this is a pivotal one in my mind. You never want to go into a bye week with a loss lingering over you, especially with what Florida is going to face with the second half of the season. So today we are going to talk about the opponent standing in the way of Florida from going 2-0 into the bye week. That is the South Carolina Gamecocks, an opponent that came to Gainesville last year, and I'll just say it, they were dismal, could not really compete with the Gators. Florida gets a 32-point victory in the Swamp last year. But really, you know what threat they pose. You know, Spencer Rattler, I think one of the better quarterbacks in college football. He's a veteran, been there for a while now. Their offensive system, we're going to dive into that today. The challenges that, that they pose for the Gators, what Florida's going to be looking to get, do against this Gamecocks defense, and how Billy Napier can look to improve to 2-0 against Shane Beamer. So, Jacob, we've looked at this South Carolina offense. I think people know the name Spencer Rattler, but... From a statistical standpoint, what has this Gamecocks unit been able to do well this season that, that does make them a threat to this yeah. Florida? No, sorry. I, uh, you know, this is this is a, a, a team that's interesting to me because I, I do see a lot of good qualities in the quarterback. You mentioned Spencer Rattler. He has been very good so far this season, uh, even for a South Carolina team that hasn't really been so great behind him. Uh, I will say this, you know, South Carolina has had to play from behind quite a bit. So the passing numbers uh, can be skewed, but this passing offense is solid. Uh, they are completing 56.7% of passes and granted, uh, you know, or, or, sorry, 69.3% of passes, uh, which is 18th in the country. And I know Florida fans might look at that and, and laugh as Graham Mertz is completing 80% of his throws, uh, but still a very solid, almost 70%. Uh, completion from Rattler. He's averaging eight yards per pass against FBS opponents. Uh, so this is a guy who does have, you know, a pretty reasonable average that ranks 41st in the country at the moment. Florida does lag in that category. So I think that that's kind of an important distinction. And a lot of that is because of the wide receiver play on this team, specifically, specifically 
Xavier Legette, he has been fantastic for this team. Billy Napier said yesterday, uh, being Wednesday during his weekly media appearance, that that's a player who's going to play in the NFL and makes a huge difference uh, and can cause some problems for your defense. And we see that uh, as we continue to kind of explore this passing offense. They're going to attempt uh, you know, at least 30 passes a game if, if history is any indication. Uh, throwing for almost 275 yards a game. Again, that's that's among the top teams in the country at 32nd among FBS opponents. Reasonably low interception rate at just 2.2%. Uh, it's 50th, so it's not amazing, uh, but very solid overall. Uh, where this offense becomes a lot more limited is in its rushing attempts and in areas such as you know third down conversion, red zone scoring, points per play, those have all been problems for the Gamecocks so far this season. They do rush the ball about 40-ish percent of the time uh, against FBS teams, which is really low. Against those programs, 2.7 yards per carry, which is exceptionally low. Uh, less than 100 yards per game on the ground. Uh, not even close, really, to the century mark. It's 81.8. It's 120th in the country. Uh, this is a group that is not good on third downs. 29.3% conversion against FBS opponents. Gives up an extremely high sack rate, 13.8% sacks on offensive plays from scrimmage. Uh, and so there are a lot of factors that that have proven pretty limiting uh, for this group so far this season. Offensive line play has been inconsistent against the run uh, and in pass. Uh, Spencer Rattler, who has been good, hasn't really been afforded a whole lot of time to operate. Uh, and, and yes, they do have some weapons on the field, you know, specifically uh, at the wide receiver position, but you can only do so much when you're giving up sacks against FBS teams over 10% of the time, which is a really, really high rate. Um, they don't score a whole bunch, just on average 22 points per game against FBS teams. Uh, so this is just not an offense that's been very potent. Uh, I do think that Florida has a defense that should be capable, and we're going to get into our predictions later in this episode, but you know, as as you as I calibrate a prediction over the course of a week, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and, and to give a little bit of insight into that process, you know, it starts with studying Florida's opponents and how Florida might be able to match up based only on its capabilities. And, and I understand that Florida has not been a good road team at all under Billy Napier. Florida's surrendering over 30 points a game on the road. Uh, is in since the start of his tenure, it has one win in eight tries, dating back to last year. Uh, it, it has not been a good team and they don't score a lot either to be able to counteract uh, the, the, the high scoring of opposing teams that they allow. That being said, you, you look at a team like South Carolina and understand a little bit their struggles. Uh, they are not very good in pass protection. Florida has several guys who are very good in pass rush. Princely Uman Mielin has a, an extremely high rate of wins against individual blocking assignments and whether or not that's actually generating pressure is a play to play thing, but he is winning his matchups along the offensive front in pass rush. Uh, Cam Jackson has been effective in pass rush. Tyreek Sapp has been effective. And we're starting to see uh, some of Florida's freshmen really start to come on here. Uh, you know, Kelby Collins has looked really good. TJ Searcy had an amazing game against Vanderbilt. He was the highest rated player on the field. This is his best game of the season so far. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, you assess weakness versus strength and what one team's done well and, and maybe where some of the deficiencies are. Uh, for the others and, and, you know, already, and again, we'll, we will get more into the predictions in a bit, uh, but already I, I am starting to see some advantages that, that could go in Florida's way if it's able to go on the road uh, and play sound football and do a better job at the things that we haven't really seen 
so far in road contests under Billy Napier's instruction. But in terms of what each team has put on the field so far this season, uh, Florida should have an advantage when its defense is on the field and South Carolina's offense is out there. There isn't a lot of rush potency. There isn't very good pass protection. Florida will have to be mindful in its secondary, but it has been good for the most part uh, in that regard. And, and there have been some shot plays surrendered, but again, uh, Florida can limit South Carolina to poor rushing and a couple long touchdowns through the air. That seems to me like a potential path to victory in this contest. It does sound like it. You know, you talk about their offensive line and the issues that the Gamecocks have right now. We've seen Florida be able to consistently pressure the quarterback. They have been able to utilize a lot of guys in the rotation as well. Freshmen, first-year players uh, from the transfer portal, whether it's Caleb Banks, Cam Jackson, those guys have had a lot of success this year. And it does look like that's going to pose a problem to the Gamecocks uh, on Saturday, even though South Carolina is the home team. You know, the large variety of, you know, the large sample size we've seen of Florida's defenses outside of that Kentucky game. This has been a team that has played with an edge, has been able to wrap up limited missed tackles. And there have been a few big plays given up. Uh, that isn't, you know, not just on the road for Florida. That has happened at home. But if you can limit those and the freshmen can keep improving and the Gators can consistently get in the backfield and force Rattler maybe into some errant throws or maybe to get them to put the ball on the ground like they did last year against the Gators. Uh, a lot of also red zone lack of execution from the Gamecocks last year, especially in that matchup that doesn't look like it has been thoroughly corrected there in Columbia. So definitely something to watch, but obviously the Gators are going to have to score some points of their own. We have discussed in depth about Florida's, I think where their explosiveness is in the passing game, what they do well, a team that really often will throw behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, throw five yards past the line of scrimmage and put your guys in a position to go make someone miss and, and get upfield and, pick up chunk yardage plays, that situation. I think that has been Florida's bread and butter, but obviously you have a South Carolina defense that's going to look to limit what the Gators like to do. They've been able to study this offense. If they have the personnel to do so is, I think, absolutely the question here. We know what Graham Mertz is successful at. You know what to look for. You know about the potent backfield that the Gators have. Getting Trevor Etienne, it looks like, back off of the depth chart. He gives you another dynamic piece in your offense, but what does South Carolina have that is going to look to contend with the Gators? What have they done well this season that maybe Florida is going to have to game plan around and, and account for on Saturday? Yeah. You know, if I, to be perfectly honest with you, Graham, there, there are not a ton of redeeming qualities about this South Carolina defense. And I think that it has been a unit uh, that might be underperforming a little bit relative to expectations coming into the season. Uh, it's just a group that's gotten kind of punished a little bit so far this season against FBS teams, giving up 31.5 points per game. It just falls barely inside the top 100. Uh, you know, a, a unit that's giving up 472.8 yards per game, well outside of the top 100 among FBS teams, 125th. Uh, they give up a lot of yards on the ground, 4.3 yards per rush, 76 in the country. It's middling at best. Uh, you know, pass defense hasn't been amazing and granted. You know, Florida is not uh, an aggressive passing team. There, there is no denying that at this point in the season. We're seven games in. Uh, sorry, we're six games in. We're about to be seven games in. Uh, and and by now, there are no secrets. I, I, we, we know what these teams are. And, and Florida is not going to be the kind of team that's going to take the top off of defense and spread 
guys out of the box and make them account for, you know, a, a more explosive passing game. And Billy Napier, to a degree, kind of admitted that when we spoke to him on Wednesday. He basically said, you know, we've we've called some deep passes. We've we've had, you know, guys run deep ball routes, uh, but it just hasn't been there. And so whether that's because Florida doesn't have the skill at the receiver position to be able to get guys open way down the field in deeper routes, uh, or maybe it just is not confident in Graham Mertz's ability to get to those guys, or, you know, defenses have just done a good job defending it, which could also be true, although I think it's more likely to be one of the first things. Uh, Florida doesn't do that. Florida, Florida is a very limited passing offense. It likes to attack the short and, and sometimes intermediate range, but a lot of, you know, screen run replacement type stuff, uh, a lot of motions to attempt to get guys open and then subsequently short passes. Uh, and, and this is still probably going to be a game where it's going to be able to get away with that. South Carolina does not do a particularly good job against the pass. Opponents are completing almost 70% of throws, which is well outside the top 100 among defenses in the country this season. Graham Mertz, as we know, uh, is an extremely efficient passer. He's completing 80% of his passes through six. Uh, you know, it's kind of a recipe for disaster if you're the Gamecocks, uh, who are also allowing 8.6 yards per pass. It's 112th in the country. Uh, teams are successful in, in trying to set up their passing games and relying on it. The one thing South Carolina does do semi-well uh, is generate interceptions, 3.4% interception rate, which is good uh, against FBS teams. It ranks 40th. But again, you, you look at how much teams are passing, 36.8 uh, pass attempts per game against the South Carolina defense. And yes, you are granted to, you're, 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 you're going to have more interception opportunities, the more passes that are thrown. So, uh, you know, do they capitalize on that kind of, are they very good at preventing teams from getting into the end zone? No. Uh, also not a very good team when it comes to rushing the quarterback. And I know that that's something that you and I have discussed at length on this podcast. The Gators need to keep Graham Mertz cleaner. This is a phenomenal opportunity to be able to do that uh, against a team that doesn't get a lot of push. Very low sack percentage, just 3.92%. It's 115th in the country against FBS opponents. And when I say that, by the way, I mean that that's a game where two FBS teams are playing non-FBS games don't count towards these averages. Uh, but, but still, you know, Florida has not been great in pass protection. Graham Mertz has taken a lot of heat, be it because of poor protection or because he holds onto the ball for too long. Shouldn't have to deal with that too much on Saturday in Columbia, which I think is really important because as we know, Graham, this is not a Florida team that is successful on the road. As I said earlier, you know, one in seven in road games or, or, or games outside of Gainesville that includes neutral site contests. Uh, but if you're not going to put pressure on the quarterback and you're not going to limit completions, those are kind of bread and butter items for Graham Mertz. If he can be kept clean and be given opportunities to continue his high rate of completions in this game to, to keep Florida, you know, interception free, we've only seen him throw two picks on the season and both of them were not his fault. They bobbled, it was bobbled passes, you know, defense did a good job capitalizing on a ball that stayed up in the air for a little bit too long. Uh, not something I anticipate necessarily being a problem in this game. Florida doesn't necessarily throw a lot of the passes that would put it in danger of being intercepted by teams that are really good at that. You know, if Florida can go out there and stick with its game plan, you know, establish the run. That's really important against a team that has been fine at best, you know, against that phase of the game. I think that this is one of those contests that Florida could definitely make a statement in and, and go into its bye week 
before heading over to Jacksonville and facing Georgia with some positive vibes. This would put Florida at five and two on the season, three and one in the SEC. Those are solid marks. I'm not sure, you know, if you ask either of us, Graham, before the season started, if we thought Florida would be five and two through seven weeks, I wouldn't have said yes. I think that my my prediction before the season started was six and six as the most likely record and seven and five as my second most likely. That still seems like it's in the ballpark for me, but this would be the pivotal game, in my opinion, to exceeding those expectations. Florida has to beat South Carolina if it hopes to have even a shot at that eight-win total, you know, which is well beyond the five-and-a-half over-under that was set by Vegas before the season for the team. Uh, this is a critical game, and if you go through the matchup and you and you go through the scout of South Carolina, I also think it's a winnable game, and that's important, an important distinction uh, you know, Florida needs to be on its P's and Q's for sure, because we haven't seen that happen on the road. And this is a team that performs differently outside of its home confines. But again, the opportunity is there. Uh, there are a lot of deficiencies on both sides of the ball with the South Carolina team. Florida should have some confidence based on its result last year. It absolutely picked apart South Carolina, as you said earlier in the, in the podcast. Uh, I, I like how this is setting up for the Gators. I, I definitely do. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, I think you already may know where Jacob could be leaning with his prediction. But before we get into that, we got to touch on a few more keys to the game, what we think are going to be pivotal factors in this matchup here. And I went first last week. I, I kind of stole a little bit of thunder and I picked Montrell Johnson as one of my keys to the game. And I think that that absolutely came to fruition for the Gators without, you know, Trevor Etienne, as we're hearing in the buildup to that contest, you know, we recorded the podcast last Thursday. And by that night, we were hearing that all but likely the guy was not going to play. So I think that that absolutely Montreal Johnson's performance was a key to the game against the Commodores. And this week, I'm, I'm not really singling out any individual players. I think that you could say, get it to the dynamic guys, whether it's Eugene Wilson, Ricky Pearsall, Trevor Etienne, Arliss Boardingham, I think joined that list as well. And, and South Carolina definitely has seen what a kind of a hybrid athletic tight end can do, considering they had Jaheim Bell for several years now at FSU. So certainly a position that I think, you know, they are used to defending and, 
you know, we'll have to see whether Arliss Boardingham can be a factor once again. But my big key to the game before I turn it over to you is you already alluded to this and discussed this, but playing turnover free football, whichever team in my mind is able to do that, win the turnover battle. And not to quote Billy Napier again, it's not just on defense, right? It turnover on downs, limiting your turnover on downs, capitalizing on fourth down, whether you go for it or, or punt it away and then give your defense a shot to go get the ball back with favorable field position. But then one thing we haven't really mentioned, and we, we haven't talked too much special teams recently. I, I know that we harped on Florida special teams issues a lot in the first couple of weeks and not to say that they haven't gone away whatsoever, but Trey Smack has been very reliable since he's been inserted into that starting job. You haven't really seen, I think as many, I think last week Florida didn't have, you know, 10 men on the field for a special teams play. And that's, I guess, a win considering that the Commodores are one of the most punt prolific teams in the country. Right. So in this matchup, not letting the Gamecocks execute on fourth down on special teams, those count as turnovers in my mind, you know, that Shane Beamer, you know, great special teams play the ability to fake it on fourth, go for it. The Gators have absolutely fallen victim to that before that is a key in the game for me and if Florida can force Spencer Rattler into some errant throws maybe get them to put the ball on the ground again have drive stall out I hate to bring up the clock rules again but considering how valuable some possessions are turnovers mean more in my mind and if Florida can get some on the road I think that'll help them of course play with momentum play with an edge but it should absolutely allow them a chance to command the clock especially in the second half and have a chance to put this game away uh, in, in the second half. So if, if there are turnovers that the Gators are coming up with stopping the Gamecocks on fourth down, I think that's going to be a massive key in this game. You may agree, disagree, but where, where's the key in the game in your mind? Yeah, I, I have a couple, and I think it starts with taking advantage of the things that South Carolina might give you. And it sounds like a, a, a cop-out answer, but there are just so many categories that we just talked about where Florida should have room to operate. I'm talking about in rushing the quarterback. Yes, Spencer Rattler has been good this season, but he has also been sacked at a rate as high as any quarterback in the country, 13.8%. Just to remind everybody, you know, that is exceptionally high. It's extremely porous uh, protection. Florida will need to capitalize on that. Putting pressure on Rattler will be a key to disrupting his flow and not allowing bigger plays in the secondary and for time for South Carolina to develop things on offense that Rattler can then get to with his arm. That is critical. Florida, Florida must prevent that. That's something that South Carolina gives you that you have to take. Uh, South Carolina is an extremely poor rushing team. They're running for 2.7 yards per carry, 81.8 yards per game against FBS opponents. You have to take advantage of that. You cannot allow for a Kentucky-like you know, performance or anything even close to that where you have an opposing team running all over you, which eats the clock. It, it accounts for big plays quickly. And if you're going to give up the ground game, you're, I mean, it's over there. And, and, and we saw that, you know, unfold that way in, in Lexington for the Gators. They gave up the run. Things got out of hand really quickly. Uh, but South Carolina kind of gives you that. They're not a great rushing team. Just continue to follow those trends. I think it applies the same offensively. Uh, this is a team that has allowed a really high completion percentage. Graham Mertz has a really high completion percentage. That needs to continue. South Carolina has allowed 8.6 yards per opponent pass against FBS opponents. 
The Gators have been relatively short yardage passers so far this season, like we talked about. There might be a little bit more room to operate. You have to take advantage. Uh, and, and, and so my first key to the game is, you know, considering all the things, and there are more than what I just said, that, that South Carolina kind of gives its opponents, Florida must be on top of those things early and often throughout the game in order to be able to secure what has been a really hard-to-come-by road victory. And my second thing is, it'll touch on a point that you just talked about, Graham, uh, controlling the Pete Lembo experience and the Beamer Ball experience. They are excellent on special teams every single season. Uh, Billy Napier said last year before Florida played South Carolina that you have to be mindful of fakes when facing this kind of a team. Uh, they can burn you. He said last year they fake They've got a gauntlet of fakes that you have to be prepared for. And I followed up on that uh, when we spoke to Billy Napier. It was my first question on Wednesday night. I said to Billy Napier, you know, you guys got burnt by a fake last year. It was the only blemish in what was otherwise a perfect game for the Gators. Uh, they gave up a touchdown on a 48-yard fake punt pass. Uh, that can't happen this year. That's extra possession time uh, on the road. You know, you can mitigate some of those things a little easier on the road because you have at home because you have the crowd behind you. Uh, on the road, that's just not the case. As Billy Napier talked about, you know, crowds are very in tune with when they need to be louder and to allow mistakes to compound. And one area where you can prevent some of that energy to, to pile up on the South Carolina sideline is by not giving up extra yardage on special teams. That's being sound in your returns, not giving up fakes, being a little bit more safe, uh, you know, in, in situation where those could occur. Last year, we saw South Carolina attempt a fake punt. It worked. It scored a 48-yard touchdown. The PAT was then a fake again. They, they, they broke out and had the punter move into a quarterback position. Granted, it, it failed, but, but again, it shows you uh, the willingness to be very aggressive on special teams. If that gets out of hand or, or if some of the things that you know South Carolina hasn't really done so well so far this season become things that they do well in this contest, yes, it could get out of hand for the Gators again on the road. Uh, but to me, once again, the, the outcome of this game is in Florida's hands. I, I, I think that it controls its own destiny in this contest. Uh, you know, South Carolina has not impressed me at all, pretty much in any capacity outside of special teams so far this season. Uh, and, and to put it plainly, as you said, where people can kind of see where I'm going with my prediction here, uh, this is a winnable game for the Gators, in my opinion. Yeah, without much further ado, we are going to make our predictions. I know it kind of seemed like a cop-out for me to say, special teams considering that was like you said the only way that the Gamecocks were able to find the end zone last season but the last thing you want is for that to be a difference maker against an offense playing at home with a good quarterback you, you don't want to let them get hot kind of like they did towards the end of last season so this absolutely is like you said a winnable game for Florida and I'll just let you go first where are you seeing this one go for the Gators win lose how do they head into the bye week Jacob yeah I I it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who's listened to this episode. I have a Gator victory in this contest. And I just understand that Florida is not a good road team and hasn't been for some time, especially under Billy Napier. Um, but I just don't see a lot of redeeming qualities uh, in this South Carolina team. I think Florida is just better. Uh, and, and, and granted, you know, I, I think I should preface my prediction with this. If, if Florida were to go and lose this game, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Florida has not been good on the road. It tends to take some of the things that it does well at home and seemingly forget them when it when it hits the road, and and those become problematic. Run defense is an example of that. Uh, you know, 
pass protection has been a massive issue on the road over the last two years or, or year and a half, if you will. Uh, and, and so it wouldn't surprise me if this game swung in South Carolina, the home team's favor. The crowd could get involved uh, and, and it could absolutely unfold that way. That being said, uh, if I'm just making a prediction as I do every week based on strengths and weaknesses, based on watching each team, understanding what they're going to try and do and, and where one team is stronger versus the other, I can't pick against the Gators. Uh, this week, uh, you know, as challenging it is, is to pick them on the road. Uh, and so with that being said, I'm going with Florida 27-24. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, Florida's offense is not potent at all, let alone on the road. So I don't think that'll change this week. But I also don't think South Carolina is very potent, despite its passing success with Spencer Rattler. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm locking in a Gator win. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. Uh, but I, I simply can't pick against Florida in, in a game where I, I just see one team has more strengths in nearly every category than the other team has. I don't see how you could pick against that group. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll go right into mine. I'm I'm seeing Florida win this game. I do think it's going to be a close one because, as you mentioned, I know statistically we break down the opposition and talk about what Florida's doing well. But as you and I have both noted, this is a team that seems to play down to a little bit of a lower level on the road. And until I see that. They have corrected those issues, the edge, the execution issues, whatever you want to call them, whatever you want to label them. Until I see that, I do think that it's going to be uh, a game where Florida is not going to be at its best. But with all of that said, I do think that South Carolina's issues are just too great to ignore. I, I don't think this is going to be a really rowdy crowd. If it was a night game in South Carolina, I'll be honest, I would maybe be feeling a little bit more hesitant to pick the Gators, but the fact that I don't think the home crowd is going to be too much of a factor in this game, I don't think it's going to give South Carolina edge. And I think you're going to see Florida come out and play confidently coming off of a win against the South Carolina team that having broken down the film, I'm sure that they are confident that they can beat this team as well. The last thing you want to do is let that confidence though, lead to just being content being complacent, you you have to come out with an edge. And I think that is a huge key for Florida. If they do that, which I do right now, think that they will do that. Third tries the charm, right? If they minimize the missed tackles, if they wrap up, if they execute on defense, which largely is what we have seen this season. If Graham Mertz continues to play turnover free football, if you don't have any fumbles from your running backs, and we have seen some we have seen that before this season. So it's not something you're just making out of thin air. If Florida minimizes the self-inflicted wounds to use a cliche they've used, they can avoid shooting themselves in the foot. This should be a game that they win handedly. They shouldn't have to hear the rooster crow too much. They shouldn't have to hear much of sandstorm. This should be a game that in theory, Florida wins by double digits on the road, but I'm picking the Gators to win a 24 20 contest, which as you, if you've been following, which I hope you have over at swamp247.com. Tons of content, basketball, baseball, you name it. We got it over there. You've seen that I've picked the Gators to start the season 7-0, and I hate to spoil it for everyone out there, but I am not going to be picking Florida to go undefeated this season. We have talked about the daunting slate that lies ahead. It's why this game is so critical. Jacob, you referred to bowl eligibility earlier. This could be a game where Florida doesn't win this one, by the end of the season, when they maybe need another victory or two, this really hurts a little bit longer um, than just maybe the initial defeat even would. Not to mention having to, you know, let it linger for 11 days before playing the number one ranked team in America in Georgia. 
It's daunting for other reasons too. The Gators are playing three straight opponents coming off of bye weeks. And that is a list that includes South Carolina. So I think that in this game, there's a lot for Florida to have to overcome, including themselves. But I do think they get it done and go into the bye week with some momentum. So we will be back next week, though, to see how our predictions fared. If you've been following week to week over at Swamp247.com, you see it's a narrow contest right now with the best prediction record at the site. Make sure you chime in, give us your thoughts, like, comment, subscribe. And we will be back next week with a bye week episode to discuss Florida's contest with South Carolina. We'll see which way it goes. I'm Graham Hall, joined by Jacob Render once again. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.